Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Welcome to the Heart of Dating podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to untangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way, because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Why, hello there, my people. Welcome back to this week's Heart of Dating Select episode. Now, I've been brainstorming the very best ways to serve y'all in this season, and I realize we have a lot of new people around here. Either you just discovered us, or maybe you joined us a few months ago, but still haven't heard some of our past episodes. So because of that, I wanted to give you a chance to listen to some episodes that I really think could help sharpen the tools in your tool belt right now. Now, at the same time, if you are a Heart of Dating OG and you've been around for a while, well, for you too, this could be an epic refresher for some of our past content. So what I did was I went back through the Heart of Dating archives to bring back some episodes that I thought would really serve you in this season. These episodes were hand-selected by me, which is why we call this series the Heart of Dating Select Series. And as I was going through episodes, I kind of saw a fun trend. I noticed that some of our top episodes over the years have happened to be about things to do with the intersection of faith and mental health, featuring some of the epic doctors that we've had on the show. So because of that, this Heart of Dating Select series is going to run for the next several weeks. And within these episodes, you will hear from doctors and experts as you become equipped to tackle things such as dating anxiety, trauma, attachment style, love languages, soul ties, codependency, and more. So don't tune out these next few weeks. This content is truly and sincerely going to help you, my friends. Now, if you've been around for a while, if you know anything about me, you know that I think therapy is sexy. Ayo. In fact, we sold some merch a few months ago that said therapy is sexy on it. Okay. Today, I am less concerned with seeing a man that I'm dating's credit score and more concerned with has he ever been to therapy and is he open to going to therapy? You think I'm joking? I am not joking. This is actually really important to me. And the reason why it's so important is that there are far too many unhealthy people walking around thinking that they are doing things perfectly correctly. The reality is none of us are doing anything perfectly correctly and we all need a little bit of help. It's likely as well that if you've listened to the podcast or followed us on Instagram, you've probably heard me mention Faithful Counseling before. The reason why I keep bringing it up is because A, they are an incredible partner and B, their service is honestly amazing. We have literally gotten hundreds of feedback from the Heart of Dating community, individuals who actually use this service. It's an affordable option to find a virtual Christian therapist. And guess what? For Heart of Dating listeners, you get a 10% discount on your first month of faithful counseling when you sign up through the Heart of Dating by going to getfaithful.com forward slash heart of dating. Literally hundreds of people in our community have tried it. So why don't you? 
On today's Heart of Dating Select episode, we are talking about friendationships. Y'all, this is a topic that comes up so much. So today, I invited a friend and a licensed social worker, Mina B, onto the podcast to have an honest conversation about friendationships and walking in your worth. Friendationships happen when one or both parties form feelings for the other person, but the relationship has not been defined as more than a friendship. Hence, it can get very messy and confusing and cause a lot of heartache. I know I've gotten into my fair share of these situations, and today I have a no-tolerance policy for friendationships. Now, before we get into this epic conversation that I know y'all are going to love, I'd like to introduce our amazing guest, Mina B. Mina B is a writer, author of the book Rivers Are Coming, and a licensed social worker. She is passionate about all things mental health and self-care. When Mina B is not working with clients, she is spreading love and light on her mantra-filled Instagram account, at Mina underscore B. Funny enough, Mina and I actually know each other from my days in New York City. And I can tell y'all that this woman is very clearly walking in her worth and using her corner of the internet for truth and inspiration. I hope and pray that you take a long and hard look at the relationships you have in your life with the opposite gender. I really hope you honestly reflect on if those relationships are clearly defined and if they are really bringing you life or if they are confusing and causing you anxiety and frustration. So without further ado, let's get into this conversation about friendationships and walking in your worth with Mina B. Mina B, girl, welcome to the Heart of Dating podcast today. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. And I just love the internet, Mina, because when I found you online, I was like, I know this girl somehow. And the world is so small. And we come to find out, we know each other. Yes, and we're, we're still trying to figure out how, but yes. in the end, we know each other. That's all that matters. <laughs> I know. It was like, oh my gosh, I know this girl's face. I've seen her. I've definitely talked to her in real life, but where? And we've narrowed it down to somewhere in New York City when I lived there about four and a half years ago. So, because And that's where you currently live today, right? Yes, that's where I currently am. And it's cold. We were just talking about the cold, cold. winter. <laughs> Enjoy all the sun. I will, girl. (laughs) Well, it's been so cool to like know you back in the day from who exactly knows where, but somewhere. But I remember your presence. You're just so encouraging and positive and and loving. And it's really cool to see what you're doing today. So I'd love for you to just share with people who you are and kind of what you are doing and why you're passionate about it. So I am a writer. And I am the author of a book called Rivers Are Coming, which is a collection of essays and poems on healing from depression and trauma. So my life pretty much revolves around mental health. That's where my passion is. I'm also a licensed social worker. So pretty much online and offline, my life is all about mental health. (laughs) That's really what most of my passion is, writing reading, but kind of always like, it's always centered around mental health related issues. Yeah, that's amazing. And it's so cool because I just look at some of the things you post, even just on social media. And I'm like, wow, I'm in, you know, it's like, you're one of those people where I just like save every single quote, you know, and then I go back (laughs) and archive it. And I'm like, I needed this encouragement today. (laughs) 
cute. <laughs> I love it. So why? How did you get so passionate about the mental health and 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 all of this, like that space? How did you, how, how did that originally spark? So I grew up with my own mental health issues, mm. and growing up, I always just dealt with a lot from like depression and anxiety. And as I got older, I became a little more curious into figuring out like where my depression and anxiety stemmed from. And I just think from having my own personal experiences with mental health and then being a black woman and not necessarily seeing spaces for people of color or black people in the field of mental health, Mm. um, I really wanted to carve that space for us. And so that is how the journey started. So it started off as something personal and then it just grew into something professional and me really just wanting to create a space for people who don't know what mental health is or people who are highly stigmatized by mental health issues or stigma in the community, especially as I said, as I said before, being a black woman and a woman of color. Um, and so that's pretty much like where my, my focal point for mental health came from experience. And then it just turned into a professional outlet. I love that girl. I I don't think I even really knew that. That is so beautiful. And I'm just want to honor you by thank you for stepping up and following your passions and seeing something where you're like, hey, this isn't right. We need to have more women of color in this area. And I just commend you for that girl. Well, also, I know another part of your story is has to do with dating and singleness. And so, you know, how, just give us a little brief synopsis of what that's looked like for you. And maybe specifically, what does it look like to to be in the mental health space or have that journey on your own in your personal life and also be a single woman slash dating? Yeah. So, (laughs) I mean, I feel like the two are definitely not isolated. Like Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, dating is really about two beings coming together. And when we're alone, you know, us as individuals, our mental health is our focal point. Our mental health makes up a lot of our day-to-day, right? That's our physical health, our emotional health, you know, our spiritual, our social, our intellectual health. It's broken down into five points. And so I can't really imagine what dating is like if we're not taking care of ourselves as a whole person. Because I think that with dating, like I said before, like it's two people coming together. And I think that there really has to be a, a shift in this idea of people completing each other because that's very impossible. Yeah. It's like a very unrealistic expectation to mm-hmm. believe that someone else can can complete you. You really should be complete on your own. And so with me being a single woman, that really gives me the space. And I'm not single by choice. I, I desire to date. I desire to be married. It just hasn't happened. It's not like I'm, I've made a vow to be single for the rest of my life. <laughs> It just hasn't happened for me yet, but I do believe that because this is where I am in my life, that it's very important for me to build myself up as a woman and to know what I am looking for in a partner. And it's going to be hard for me to know what I'm looking for in a partner if I don't even know what I'm looking for in myself. Mm. And if I'm not taking the time out to know myself, to love myself, to understand myself, and that is what mental health is, you know, because that you're going to bring into a relationship. That's how you also build intimacy. These things are centered around communication. You know, I know, for example, that I am someone who's very prone to like seasonal depression. And that's something that I want to share 
with my partner. Like that's one thing I've learned about myself. I've been dealing with it my whole life. Mm. And that's something that when I date someone, I want that person to hold space for me, right? So it's, it's really about learning who you are as a person. And I just feel like when you are single, taking advantage of that time mm. is really being able to pour into yourself and understand your mental health as a person yeah. and also know like what do you have the capacity for regarding someone else right because now when you date someone else too they're going to have their own mental health that they've been dealing with mm-hmm. and developing them themselves right and so what are you looking for what is your capacity what can you deal with what have you dealt with before where it's like all right you know what i can't take this on in a partner anymore so for me like that's what it that's what this stage is really all about like just taking that's what how I view taking advantage of singleness is because like I said I I don't desire to be single forever but while I have this opportunity to be single Mm -hmm. I really just want to make sure I'm taking advantage of it by getting to know who I am as a person Mm -hmm. and then like like I said like mental health is not isolated from that it's a part of our being Mm -hmm. so it's important to pay attention to that I love that. I also love that you just said, while I have this opportunity to be single, like I think we don't even see it that way. We're like, oh, I'm single and this is a plague, but there's an opportunity. <laughs> yeah, it's like a hashed RIP. Like, no. Um, and we're like really excited to get out of this whatever plague that we're in. But I actually love that you just said, and I wrote it down, while I have this opportunity to be single. I think that that's a beautiful way to even say, like, How awesome is it that we get this season to actually commune with God, to commune with other people, but also to better learn about ourselves? Like you just so beautifully detailed out. I I could not agree with you more. Like this is, you know, and I don't dog on anybody who's gotten married at 20, 21. Like everyone's journey is different. But I also believe that there is something special and sacred about not getting married necessarily that young and having the space to really figure out who am I and what are the things that have happened to me up until this point that maybe I didn't have the tools to really understand or heal from because I was young or immature or I was in a certain situation that I didn't allow for me to have that space and time to find healing and freedom. And so, I mean, my 20s specifically was like, I look back, I'm in my 30s now, but I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, like every year since I was 20, God did something, something amazing, either revealed some beautiful new lesson to me or a part of my identity that I needed to face um, or some brokenness that I really needed to heal. And some of it was some real hard stuff, girl, but it also has brought me to a level of awareness where now I'm in my thirties being like, hi, I know who I am, (laughs) you know, and there's still a journey of figuring out some of that, but how cool is it to be able to come to a relationship, not as two half people or not looking for someone to complete us, but to say like, Hey, I'm, I'm doing the work to really figure out who I am and hear the things I do know Here are the things I'm still working on. And will you accept me for, for these things? But being able to know what those things are, I think it makes a huge difference. I 100% agree. And I think it's it's your mindset, right? Because I do know a lot of people, and I've, I've been through it before, where I kind of was miserable in my singleness and kind of looked yeah. at it as a plague. And I just have to remind myself that, like, it's all in my mind, and how I choose to see my circumstances mm-hmm. is really going to dictate whether I feel joy or feel miserable. Right. And so at the end of the day, I don't want to settle for something. And if I'm single, it's not like one of those things where it's like, oh, I'm hungry. Well, all you got to do to fix that is go get yourself something to eat. 
It's not the same when you're single, right? <laughs> yeah. um, say, oh, I'm single and I'm mad about being single. So let me just find someone to date, <laughs> right? Like I would hope for some people, but at least for me, it requires much more intention. Yeah. Um, I can open up the fridge and pick a meat, right? <laughs> um, so due to the fact that it's something that requires so much intentionality, it's like I can really be flooded with anxiety by this or mm. I can just to look at it from a different perspective and say, you know what? Okay. I am single and yeah, I want to date, but how can I date myself in the process so that when someone does come along, I feel ready for this thing or I feel well prepared for this thing. And you're never going to be a hundred percent prepared for it because that's not how life is. Mm -hmm. But at least I know I'm not making a decision based off me being desperate and miserable and taking whatever I want or whatever comes my way. Um, But I know I've put more intention in it. And so it's really just about your mindset because when you're miserable about something, chances are you're going to continue to be miserable about it unless you change your thought process. Mm, that's so good, Mina. Just, I love it. <laughs> I was going to say mic drop. Let's, yes. Um, <laughs> now, it's so funny that you're saying this too, because if we're miserable in our singleness, if we are, we feel such a lack in our singleness, if we're not dating ourselves, I feel like we get into some precarious situations. We either date people we shouldn't date, shouldn't be dating, or we settle, right? Or we become desperate, like you said, or something else that happens is we get into something called a friend relationship. Okay. And I know when we talked before this episode, we just had like a candid conversation and this subject came up and it's something I feel that so many people deal with, but I think especially weirdly in the church, this is such an issue. And so let me just define what friendationship is and we can just kind of talk about this. A friendationship, in my opinion, um, this is how I define it. It's basically a friendship between a man and a woman where one or both parties develop feelings, but their quote unquote relationship hasn't been defined, but both continue to grow in emotional intimacy. So there isn't a level of commitment, but one or both of the parties start forming feelings and it's confusing. It's very complex. It's murky. I'm just picturing a boat in in tons of foggy waters right now being like, does this guy like me? Does he not? I don't know, but he's texting me these beautiful things on his heart. And so maybe that does mean he likes him. Does that mean, do I like him? You know, and you go through this spiral of thinking because nothing is clear. And this can often happen in our season of singleness. And I think whether we're overly whole or we're not overly whole, it still can happen. So let's talk, I guess, a little bit about, have you experienced this, Mina? What is, what's the dealio? Let's just be candid. Yeah. So I have. (laughs) It's a very interesting place to be in. I have when I was like much younger and I guess using those things, using those situations as learning experiences has taught me a lot Mm. Um, when it comes to intentions for dating as I've gotten older and where I am in my space now. Mm. I think it, you know, it's like a very difficult place to be in. You have those moments where it happens through like an actual friendship. So like, you know, people are just friends and the next thing you know, you realize you're developing feelings for someone mm-hmm. or you both are clear that you like each other, but the the commitment isn't there, mm. right? Yep. Um, and I've been in that situation and I've had to end it. Mm-hmm. And it's taught me that, it's taught me about being intentional about mm-hmm. dating. Cause like I said, right now, my goal, my hope is to be married. 
right? So I'm not really in a place where I'm dating for fun or for pleasure. I'm dating with a purpose. And so if I'm, that's something that I need to make clear up front. So if I meet you and we're going to have this type of relationship, you need to know what my end goal is. My end goal is dating to be courted, to be married. Mm. So once I see that you are giving me signs, there's also a level of accountability I have to have where it's like, you're showing me these red flags, right? And so I can be a, hold myself accountable and I can really um, assess the situation for what it is. And it's like, well, this person is moving in a direction that's showing me he's going down like this friendationship rabbit yeah. hole, right? <laughs> and that's for me to really check myself. And I feel like there is a level of responsibility that I have to hold on to because it's also like, when you see the signs, why are you still there? And I think that's always the hardest part about this because it's like, it it brings us down so many tunnels where it's like, well, oh, if I stick around longer, maybe he'll change his mind or maybe he'll change or, you know, depending on the circumstance, like we, we just think about so many different scenarios when the reality is the truth is in our face. (laughs) Right. So I just kind of feel like one of the things this has taught me is really being intentional about what you want Mm -hmm. and making you're communicating that with the person that you seek relationship with um i think it can be very easy to go down that that hole and i remember being in situations where i've dated a guy who in the beginning i've explicitly said what i was looking for and he stated he was looking for the same thing but then months later his actions were not in alignment with what he claimed he wanted Mm. and so i had to have a conversation about it. Now I could have chose to be silent and continue to maneuver the way it was going, or I had a choice to speak up. And once I spoke up and said something about it and I realized his action did not change, that's when I was like, oh, so we we have to end this because Mm. our building right now is a friendationship. And I'm not looking for that. And I've stated I'm not looking for that. And this is now me having to have a level of responsibility because I see what you're doing and I'm not going to ignore it. If I choose to ignore it, I have to take responsibility and and accept the fact that, you know, the signs were there and I chose to ignore it. And now I'm dealing with this pain and I have to assess myself and ask myself, like, what could I have done differently? Yeah. Right. That's what this, this, life is all about but even with dating that's what this is about too because there are going to be times where we make decisions and we look back and it's like dad like i i should have known better right but you can't beat yourself up you can't hold yourself to that it's kind of like yeah you should have known better but now you do know better you learned from it and this is what the experience was so what can you do differently moving forward that's what life is supposed to teach us that's what our experiences are supposed to teach us so i think when it comes to like foundationships it is such a messy thing, but I, <laughs> being intentional is the is the foundation. That's the groundwork. Yeah, and also communicating honestly is the second step because once you see those red flags, that's when you really gotta like assess what's happening. And I'm all about action. Yeah, I'm all about having a conversation. But once I've had this conversation with you. If things have not changed, you're already showing me who you are because you can tell me what you think I want to hear, but you're going to show me what you want to do. And that's what's important to me. What do you want for yourself? Because if you're showing me what you're doing, but you're telling me something different, I don't want you to sweet talk me and I don't want you to tell me things you think I want to hear. I want you to show me what you want. 
Yeah. And I don't want you to do things because you're trying to keep me around. I want you to do things because you want me. And mm. if you don't want me, you're going to show me that. Mm. So I just think that it's so plays good. a huge role in how these foundationships start and how we can make sure we're not getting, allowing ourselves to fall into those situations. I mean, it's so true because I think... A, it starts, like you just said, with intentionality. And so once we, and I mean, you can't predict these situations and you kind of shared a few different ones that might happen. You may be friends with the person and over time you think you're just friends, but then either you start forming feelings or the other person starts forming feelings and then it starts getting a little muddy, right? And you're like, okay, wait, this person is showing me some signs that they're overly intent like interested in talking to me or spending time with me or whatever it is instead of just seeing each other in group settings like all of a sudden you're getting texts from that person consistently or they're randomly calling you and then the context of your conversation starts becoming more emotional more in depth and more vulnerable and you start finding yourself talking to them or texting them like very frequently and that is a little bit more than just a normal friendship. I mean, especially when it's like deeply emotional with the person of the opposite gender. I I think unless, and I am all about like guys and girls can be friends. I actually really believe that. But I think that if you are, if you do have a really solid friendship with a person of the other de- gender, it just has to, you, to me, you have to have consistent check-ins. Like, hey, I just want to make sure we're, we're still cool. We're still friends. Like I like making sure that we're fully there. Um, especially if I can like get confused, like, Oh, I felt like they were maybe flirty in that moment. Is this, was that just a thing or do they, are they interested, you know, and being aware of that because when we're not and we don't say anything, that's when, you know, we get in this downward spiral in our head. We're with our friends trying to analyze the every move, the every text, and we're trying to figure out, well, does he or she like me or not? Like what's going on? And I think we spend so much time and stress and energy trying to analyze things when we could just be clear and ask that person. Uh, quick example. So this last like few weeks, actually, I've had situations where guys that I'm friends with have shown maybe a little more interest of hanging out with me or getting together with me. And for me, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll hang out with you. But to me, a hangout does not equal a date. To me, a hangout is like, we're hanging out and this is my bro. And that's what I'm thinking of this time as. Unless you explicitly say, like, I intentionally want to get to know you or Kate, this is a date. I'm going to put you in the friend zone box in my head. Unless I want it to be something else, in which case I'll be like, hey, I just want you to know I'm interested in you. Or I'll say something to really clarify my intentions. But I've had guys more than once this week ask me to hang out. And I'm like, okay, well, we're not super close friends and you want to hang out with me one-on-one. Hmm. And so I've literally had to clarify, like, I'm totally down to hang out with you. I just want to clarify the intention. Are you wanting to hang out as friends or are you wanting to hang out because you're interested in getting to know me or take me on a date? And one of the guys said, I want to take you on a date. The other guy said, I just really want to get to know you as a friend. And but there I am. Now I'm clear and not having this moment of I can clearly stand and say, yes, I want to go on the date or no, I just see you as a friend or awesome, I want to continue to get to know you as a friend. But I'm not sitting here trying to analyze, uh, is he trying to be romantic right now? Is he trying to flirt with me? Does he have feelings for me? If he brings up another girl, 
that confuses me because I have feelings for him or I might start being like liking him, but I thought this was a date, you know, whatever, the downward spiral. I think that so many women are, and and guys too, but I, I see it a lot with women, are afraid to be like, hey, what is this? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you said like you have to do that once you start seeing the flags or the signs like, hey, something's not quite right here. Because what happens when you don't do that is you get emotionally attached to the person. I've done this too. And you start forming some level of an intimate relationship with them when there's no commitment. And it it's heartbreaking. It literally feels like a breakup if that person tells you that they just they actually aren't interested in you and just want to be your friend. You feel like, oh my gosh, well, in my head, I had put this as something totally different and you end up feeling totally heartbroken. Now, I don't know about you, but quarantine has made my attire extra basic over this last year. Which, let's be honest, there's nothing wrong with basic, but with things reopening, I am wanting to up my wardrobe standards as I go out into the world. How about you? Maybe like me, you're ready to get back outside, but your closet says otherwise. Well, we are all in luck because thanks to Stitch Fix, we can easily get some much needed style updates that will help redefine our Zoom casual looks. Stitch Fix offers clothing hand-selected by expert stylists for your unique style and budget. It's a completely different and fun way to find clothes that you will love to wear. Every piece is chosen for your fit and your life, and it's the easy solution to finding what makes you look and feel your best. You can try on pieces at home before you buy them, you can keep your favorites, and then you can send back the rest. Stitch Fix has free shipping, easy returns and exchanges, and even a prepaid return envelope is included in the shipment. And you guys, there's not even a subscription required. You can try Stitch Fix once, or you can set up automatic deliveries. You'll pay just a $20 styling fee for each box, which then gets credited towards every piece that you keep. And there are no hidden fees ever. Stitch Fix has styles and clothes to fit any occasion for women, men, and kids. They ship all over the US and are available in the UK as well. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash heart and you'll get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. That's stitchfix.com slash heart to get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. Stitchfix.com slash heart. You guys revamp our wardrobe as we re-enter the world. Communication, whether it's a platonic relationship or not, like, it's the key to everything mm-hmm. in life. Like communication is the groundwork. Yes. And I think that people really have to get comfortable with communicating their intentions, how they feel. Um, because if we don't do that, we operate based off our fears and our assumptions. Mm-hmm. And that can't be the groundwork. It has to be us communicating honestly. And that's literally how we get ourselves out of a lot of these situations by being upfront and talking about what's on our hearts and what's on our mind. But when we don't do that, we just make assumptions about things or we avoid things out of fear where our thoughts are telling us, what anxiety is telling us. And then we end up in like really crappy, messy situations. And it's like, people really have to get comfortable with expressing themselves and talking about what's happening 
to avoid a lot of these issues. And I think that is the groundwork for any real relationship to work anyway. Mm -hmm. So before, when you're dating, um, that's equally important. Like, what is the intent here? Because if I don't have something, all I can do is assume. And we really shouldn't put ourselves in a place where we're assuming. Like, I feel like if you are in a place where you have to consistently assume and make decisions off assumptions, that's showing you that you need to ask a direct question. Um, Keep assuming you're entering a danger zone because you're going to assume and assume and the next thing you know, you're going to be heartbroken because you thought this person was communicating that they wanted an actual relationship and come to find out like you're one of five people that they're dating and talking to. And it's kind of like, you know, that leads to so many issues. So it's like, we also have to get to a place where we, feel comfortable and confident expressing how we feel and ask being direct with people, but also asking direct questions so that we have answers and not assumptions. I love that. And I think what you're bringing up is just being able to take ownership. A lot of times I hear people are like, I'm in this situation. They won't communicate if they're what they really feel and, or I don't know if they like me or not. And I'm like, okay, I hate seeing you in this position, but you have the key to figure out where you're at and what's really going on. And I I want to see people stand up and take ownership of like, I'm not going to blame it necessarily on the other person. Maybe they are confused. Maybe they don't know what they want, but I can actually ask them what's going on here. I don't have to sit in this limbo. If I'm sitting in this limbo, then it's often because I'm choosing to sit there because I'm not choosing to clarify. I'm not choosing to ask questions. Um, and I'm yeah. also not willing to set a boundary because I think the next point after clarifying and let's say you find out the person's like, Hey, and I had this very specifically happen a few years ago. And the person was like, you know, I really like you, Kay. I actually think you're wonderful, but I'm not in a place to date. And what was hard for me is at first I heard, Oh, he likes me, (laughs) but I forgot to hear I'm not in a place to date. Right. And so because of that, I didn't set boundaries for myself. I just focused on the, oh, it feels good to have him like me. Oh, it feels good. Oh, maybe there's a chance. But listen to the words people are saying too. If they're like, I'm not ready, they're not ready. Right. <laughs> listen to right. them. <laughs> right. right. That's like huge, right? Like <laughs> learn to accept what people's truths are. Like stop trying to change their truth, Accept. Mm-hmm you're hearing but also too like when you have those moments where you are getting for example like the situation I got right where someone was blatantly telling me this is what I want so they were communicating but their actions were not in alignment with what they their words were Mm -hmm. that is also action is also a form of communication behavior is communication yes so even when someone is telling you something and you're getting a direct response, but the behavior does not align with the direct response, that too tells you something. So let's not focus on words. We also need to pay attention to action. Action supersedes words because it's just kind of like, you can tell me anything, like I said before, right? But is it because you want to just keep me around or is it because you actually want me? Because those are two different things. Right. Um, and so I think we have to be mindful of what people show us because people can also tell us things that they think we want to hear for the benefit of having us in their presence and keeping us around in some sort of proximity. But yep. the reality is that intimacy you probably won't get from me. And I'm yep. showing you that 
my action. And so, it, you know, there, it's so many layers to it, right? It's so many but layers. <laughs> communication is key through language, but also through behavior. Mm, I love the action. Speak a lot of than words. They truly do. And I'm like, I will apprehensively trust you over until like over time, I consistently see your actions come through. And for me in the situation I just brought up where the guy said, I like you, but I'm not ready to date. His actions after that showed me that he still wanted to have an emotional friendship with me with the continual conversations and the level of intimacy we would share over the phone. And I had to take ownership that I allowed that to happen until eventually I found myself crying being like, wow, I really like this guy and he's just not going to commit to me. And the problem is he already told me that and I'm allowing him to continue to talk to me. And do I want a man who just wants his cake and eats it too? Not to put him in a bad place, but he he was like taking what I was willing to give, you know, and I was willing to talk to him emotionally like that. So at that point, then I finally decided, you know what? This is not worth it. And so I set a boundary and said, hey, we can't have the conversations we've been having in this much depth and intimacy because it because I like you and I know you like me, but you're not in a place to date. And that's confusing for my heart. And I just really cannot have that kind of distraction. I really desire commitment. And so this is my boundary, you know? And then I remember him being like, okay, that's tough, but I'm willing to work on doing that. Then a few weeks later, the boundary was not kept. And that is where it's up to me to say, you know what? I could either fall to the the comfort of the nice words and the emotional intimacy, or I can choose to stand by my boundary. If your boundary is crossed, you set a boundary, you also have to be willing to stand by that boundary. Otherwise, what's the point of having them? (laughs) And so a few weeks later when it was crossed, I was like, hey, you know what? I actually, that's not okay for me. I need you to cut down the communication. That's the boundary I set. And then our relationship totally changed. And I love this. He doesn't, I will not call out this person, but we are now friends today because we were able to get out of that and have some space and time away from that friendationship situation. And now we're able to actually just be friends and it's totally great. But it required, like you said, communication, intentionality, and then creating boundaries. And girl, so I know you said also intentionality what are some other main things we really need to know about ourselves um, in order to avoid these situations in the future? Oh man, so many things. (laughs) (laughs) I think, you know, this is the framework of really just building intimacy with yourself. Yeah. Um, I think it really focuses on like, what do you define intimacy as with a person and Mm -hmm. have you those things that you define when it comes to building intimacy with someone else, have you done that for yourself? Do you understand what your goals are? Do you understand what you like? Do you understand what you dislike? What is your worth? Like, how do you define your values? What do you value about yourself? Um, because I feel like that truly sets the groundwork for how we date and how we avoid situations like friendationships mm. and how we pick our partners, you know? Um, yeah. It really, truly starts within yes. um, because that also sets the standard for what we're looking for in a person. Mm. I don't think there's anything wrong with people having certain standards. I, I you know, I think that yeah, I, I don't agree. believe in having a checklist because there's going to be times where you don't get everything on your checklist, right? Yeah. And you have to ask yourself, are you willing to work with whatever it is that's not on that list, right? But people aren't lists. Yeah. Um, people 
are people who need love, compassion, empathy, all those things. And do you give that to yourself? Do you give that to your friends? Do you give that to your coworkers? Do you give that to people on the street, right? Because you're going to be in the same predicaments with your partner, right? So if you can't give yourself patience, or if you don't have patience with your, your friends, people who you consider close and intimate friendships, can you do that with someone, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't know how to compromise within a friendship yeah. or with other people around you, can you compromise with someone who is your life partner? I think there's so many questions that we have to ask ourselves because I think sometimes we rush into relationships for the sake of um, wanting closeness and mm-hmm. just like, I can also say uh, I'm dating someone and it's just great to have a person for this specific need not realizing that this is a whole person and that person is not here to serve you. Right. Right. It's not just um, here to do whatever so, you want or fit into your perfect box. <laughs> right. You know, cause I also sometimes think two people feel as if I, I need to date because this is also going to check off this list or I need to date because this person can give me this specific thing that I know I can't give myself. Mm. Um, and that's not really what pe- people are not props. People are not objects for us to possess. We really have to ask ourselves why and what are, it, it really just starts with what do you value? Because that also helps you to see what you attract in someone mm. else. So what do I see in myself? How do I define my worth? Because if you define your worth in the things that you collect, or the the good deeds that you have, then you're going to define, that's also going to translate into how you pick your partner. Um, The good enough person that that fits off this list, right? Despite the, you know, you know, so it's just kind of like, it's really important to know who you are as an individual, um, because that also helps you to, to, to narrow down who you can't date, right? Yes. (laughs) Got to be realistic about that too right? We have standards for what we're looking for. And sometimes we forget to ask ourselves, what are we not looking for? Mm. And you have to be mindful of that through introspection, right? Knowing, can I tolerate this specific thing, Mm. this specific thing, right? Can I, can I actually deal with this, you know? And so I really think that outside of being intentional, about like what you're looking for. You also have to be intentional about who you are as a person. Yeah. I believe you have to know what your worth is. How do you define your worth as well, right? Do you see yourself as someone who is worthy as is? Yes. Or do you find, do you feel like you can only be worthy if you, you know, get good things or if you do good things or what you buy makes you worthy or oh. your Instagram followers make yeah. you worthy. <laughs> Right. Like, because I mean, we're in a day and age now, too, where we find our worth in social media. Yeah. Right? And then we want it so that we can post it on social media. <laughs> right. Um, you know, so there's so many things that we have to ask ourselves. What is the driving factor? What is at the root? Why do I want this thing? I'm for the thing in this person. Can I give it to myself? Can I give that person that same energy? Yeah. So. And I think that when we aren't walking truly in our worth, when we are struggling with so many questions about ourselves, that dictates what we're willing to accept in relationships. So coming back to the foundationship idea, if we don't fully embrace who we are, if we're not truly working on a journey of loving ourselves better, then we're going to really accept the scraps of love that someone else is willing to give us. And that's all it is. It's scraps of love. But if we're, unless we really are continuously working on what is my worth? Who does God call me? Who am I? What is my identity? What is my purpose? How do I best love myself? How can I date myself? If we're not asking those questions, doing those things, then we will 
accept scraps from love from other people. And we will get into friendationships and or just really unhealthy relationships. I mean, and and God forbid, abusive relationships. And so I love that, like needing to understand what you want. And I think part of understanding what you want is also understanding who you are <laughs> and what your worth is because you don't like it's easy to me Mina to like put together a list of like here are the things I should want you know a kind person trustworthy all this stuff and I actually when I do coaching with people I'm always like we go through what they're looking for but I think it's so easy for someone to say oh here are the things I should want but I think you need to know deeper than just here are the things on paper. Why are those things important to you? What do you know about yourself? Why do you value this thing specifically? Like knowing why those things are important to you um, versus just like, hey, this is a good thing that I know I should probably write down. <laughs> because um, I think you need to know why it's important to you. And once you know the deep why, then you'll be more willing to uphold that standard and value within dating, both knowing why it's important to you and knowing why you're worth that quality, right? And something else, Mina, you brought up at the beginning of what you were talking there is also being able to have intimate relationships with people in general. I think a huge reason why we end up in these friendationships is because we don't have other intimate relationships and we do crave intimacy and that is normal as human beings. I think that's why God created more than one person on the planet. We're supposed to be in intimacy. So if you are just consistently trying to look for that in somebody else, it might be also because you're not finding intimacy with God or or with deep friendships. And that's where some some place that I would start, like really find deep intimacy with other people. Yeah, it's true. It's really important. Like God called us to fellowship. God called yeah. us to build with people, right? That's like what the purpose of the body of Christ is, right? Yes. You know, so it's kind of like we can't separate the two. Intimacy really isn't just like being dating. It's really just about building connections with yes. people. Um, and I think that we also have to be, if, you know, when we have a relationship with God, that also shows us intimacy. Because even having a relationship with God requires patience and trust. Yes. And having relationships with people require the same thing. And so just not having that can really be a strain on a person because then you start looking for it in a partner um, and you want this partner to fulfill all of your needs, mm. assuming that that is how relationships are supposed to work. And it's like, that's not what connection is for, right? right? We go to God for the things that we, we need from him, but we also, can we rely on our friends? Yes, we can, but it's not to put all our hope and faith into our friends and expecting them to fix us or know how to mold <laughs> us, right? right? Yes. Sometimes that that translates into the relationships that we build. And so I do believe that intimacy, and I also feel like it's important for yourself too. I know a lot of like, to go back to being single, um, I even know people who are afraid to get to know themselves in the midst mm -hmm. of being single, who are afraid to take themselves on a date, who are afraid to gift themselves with things. Like they think it's weird or they think it's strange. And it's like, that's an act of self-love, right? And that's what God called us toward, right? Because I, I feel like even in the quiet hour, I want to be building intimacy with God. But I also want to be building intimacy with myself. When I build intimacy with God, he shows me 
parts of myself that I actually thought I had under control. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, I need to work on this, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. You know, it reveals so much. And I think that when you are single, you get the space to really, really work on those things. Again, not perfect it because you're never going to be mm-hmm. perfect. But it's there's a difference between ignoring something and working on something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe God honors that when he brings something to the light and he's like, you know, this is something that you can really hone in on and work on and, and stretch yourself. This is the area you can stretch yourself in. You become intentional about that. Yeah. And that brings up intimacy with other people who may struggle with those same things, right? But when we don't realize that these are the areas of our lives that we could be, be could benefit from working on, we just stay in the dark. And then when we get into a relationship, all these things start to come out because we didn't build it in connection or we didn't get it from God. We just got into this relationship and then it's just kind of like now all these issues are arising. Yes. So the work is like, you know, it's, it's just so much work. But I also feel like it's not as depressing or heavy <laughs> as a lot of people may make it seem. I just feel like intimacy is very important with yourself, but also with others and yes. with God. Yes, that's so good. So for anybody, Mina, who is like in a friendationship right now, maybe they were in a situation like the one I shared or the one you shared, how do they go about successfully breaking that off? Maybe someone's like listening right now, like, oh gosh, I'm convicted, hashtag convicted, and now I need to make a change. How do they do that? And how, what does it look like to do that and then set boundaries and stick to them? (laughs) That's a loaded question, but maybe as much as you can share on that or what it looked like for you, maybe. Yeah. I think the first thing is to even identify if you're in one is going back to intentionality. Mm. What am I looking for? What is the point of this? Right? Like <laughs> yes. why am I giving you girlfriend and wife treatment and I don't even have a title? <laughs> right? <laughs> you really got to ask. It, it starts off with you. Right? So it mm-hmm. starts off with intentionality, knowing what you're looking for, knowing what your worth is, and then you can ask, I don't need, you can literally write this down in a journal, yes. right? And you begin to flesh it out and you realize this is what I'm looking for. This is also what I believe I'm worth. And when I look at this situation between me and this person, I'm realizing I'm not getting that, mm-hmm. right? I'm not getting something concrete. And then that's going to have to lead to a conversation. There's no way to get out of this unless you communicate. Like I said before, communication is the groundwork. And when you're intent- when you're intentional about what you want, that gives you the ability to ask direct questions. What is this? What are we doing? What is the end goal of this? Right? This is how I feel. And I don't want to make assumptions, but I want you to know that this is the energy that I'm getting from you. So can you clarify what's happening? You're going to hear words, right? Or you might not. Because, you know, everyone, when it comes to communication too, again, and this is why I said the follow-up to that is action. How are people behaving? How are people treating you? And you really have to ask yourself, you know, what that goes back to now the intentionality piece where it's like, this is what this person said, or this is what this person is doing. And now I have to take ownership and figure out, do I want to continue moving forward with this? Or do I want to break this off? And breaking that off really means also the next step is when you're intentional, what are your boundaries? Yes. What, how, you know, when it comes to communication, if you're someone who they're texting you every day, all day, 
it's like, is that something that you want to continue, right? Because everyone's friendationship situation looks different. So you have to ask yourself, what part of you do you feel like you're uh, giving too much of your energy, especially that emotional energy? Like what's happening that you realize is building up that emotional intimacy and what needs to stop? Mm. And you really communicate that this needs to stop and if that person does not stop that then you have to enforce that boundary but that also shows you that if that person is not willing to respect that boundary that should be an eye opener to the that red flag yep that should be a red flag right Mm -hmm. now do you even be in my space because (laughs) i'm letting you know how i feel and i've communicated how i feel and i told you what i need and you're not respecting any of that and so now i really need to reevaluate is this even a friendship, right? Because yeah. if friendship is the word, a friendship is a part of that. And with friendships, people need to be respected. Yes. So if you're not respecting me, then there's clearly no friendship here at all. And it's definitely not going to lead to another level of intimacy. Mm-hmm. Um, I really just think that it starts off with, again, being intentional, really figuring out what are you looking for, figuring out what is your worth, mm-hmm. And the next step is, does this, like the energy that I'm getting from this person, you know, am I, am I clear? Is it clear? Like what, what is the end goal of this? Yes. Having a conversation about it and then figuring out those boundaries, you know, because it's, it's hard to like label the boundaries because again, everyone's situation is different. But if you have to cut back on the phone calls, if every time you guys go out, like, it's not like you said, it's not a hangout, it's more of a date. And there's a difference too, like. Right. When you're hanging out, like you're you're really just like there, there's like a different level of energy yeah. versus like when you date, it feels a little more intimate and emotionally attached and romantic. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's another thing that you have to ask, your, ask yourself, too. And to go even like a little step further. Right. <laughs> you know, am I giving myself away to someone in a sexual way and I'm not getting anything I, there's no title. It's still this foundationship because now you also have to ask yourself, there's different levels to this, right? So you have the ones where it's like, I like you and we have this like this level of intimacy. And then there's like this other level of intimacy, right? Where sex is something that's going to develop soul ties. Like that's literally right. taking two pieces of paper and gluing it together. And the more you engage in that activity, the more you are enhancing that level of emotional connection, right? And so that's another thing that when you are in that type of friend date, because that is another form of friendationship for people, right? Where yep. a lot of people feel like sex is intimacy. Sex is the thing that's going to make us grow into an actual relationship. So if I'm having sex with you, clearly we're probably together or we're going to be together. And that's actually not true. There's a lot of people who engage in sex with no intention of ever claiming you. Now you have to ask Ooh, yourself- Ooh, preach it, girl. <laughs> yeah, you have to be mindful of what sex is and what sex does to the body because it it definitely creates an emotional connection. So when it comes to sex as well in the level of like a friendationship, I think that also is something that requires a boundary. And a lot of the time, I think that boundary does look like no longer engaging in sex because that is the thing that's actually building the emotional connection in the first place. Mm. You know, so that's why I was saying like, when it comes to friendationships, there are so many levels to it that you have to assess what type of friendationship you're in. Yeah. Um, and you go back to being intentional and knowing your worth and also realizing what 
what is the thing that's actually growing this emotional connection? Because whatever that action is, is the thing that you probably need to place a boundary around. Mm. So whether it's him calling you, you know, if you're, you know, whether it be a guy calling you every day and that sparks so much joy for you, then maybe you're going to have to tell him he has to cut back on those phone calls. Or if you're engaging in sex and every time you have sex, you're growing deeper, you're going to have to put a boundary yes. on that, right? time you go out with that person that's when like the spark comes up you're gonna have to cut back on going out with that person so mm. you have to really pay attention to the actual thing that is watering the seed of intimacy mm. and emotional connection and that is what the boundary needs to be placed around Ooh, that's good and one thing i'll just like conclude and say from my standpoint too within this is that if you're not sure if you want to date the person if you really just want to get to know them as a friend then you need to have friendship type boundaries and like really how what are you doing with the friendship of the opposite gender are you talking to them every day are you overly communicating all your heart's intimate details you know I think that if you still want to get to if you are like I might have interest in this person I don't know I want to continue to be their friend just in a group setting or in you know in a capacity then just be really clear with your boundaries within that with what is your intimacy boundaries which is kind of what you also said but you know, because I've had that situation too. I'm interested in this person, but I don't actually know if I, I'm interested in dating them. I might just be interested in friendship. So I have clear friendship boundaries, which I know for myself work, you know, and I know that I'm not going to overly cross them. And I communicate to that person. If I'm just trying to be a friend with them, not only do I clearly communicate, I'm like, I'll say things like bro and dude and brother, you know, and I'm like, even just through the way I'm talking to them, it's very clear, like you're my brother. Like not my, not somebody I'm trying to flirt with. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Because there's definitely a difference between bro and babe. Right? Yeah. Like, yes. Use our words wisely. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, I love this, Mina. Um, okay. So we could talk on and on this subject, but you just shared some awesome wisdom with us about just knowing what you want, knowing, walking in your worth and communicating, knowing how to follow actions which speak louder than words and being able to stand up for yourself and communicate boundaries like, hello, just a lot of awesome things here, girl. Who knew that something like friendationship could be this deep and complex, but I love it because this is, I think, something people struggle with daily. Like they're like, I maybe not be asked out, but I'm going, I'm in a friendationship. <laughs> and so... I just appreciate you so much, girl. And at the end of every one of our interviews, I ask everybody the same question, which is, what is your final nugget of dating advice for the listeners today? Date yourself. That's always going to be my nugget because I believe that even when you are dating someone, you should never stop dating yourself. And we should position ourselves in advance, especially if you are someone like me who is single, start doing that now, get to know who you are. Because I think a lot of the times we do start dating and we get lost in our partners and we get lost in their path and their journey and we forget who we are. And a lot mm -hmm. of that comes from a lack of dating ourselves, yeah. um, whether we're in a relationship or not. So I just think that when people get comfortable with, with dating themselves, that that takes them to a place of getting to know who they are. And that also helps you to grow 
into a relationship and that part of you is still going to grow. Like I said, we don't complete people, we complete ourselves. But in order to complete ourselves, we have to keep learning about ourselves. We have to keep yes. loving ourselves. We have to keep pouring into ourselves. That never stops. And that's what dating yourself looks like. Mm. So that is my final nugget for dating. I love it, girl. I love it. It's so good. It's something I try to live by as much as I can. I mean, if people want to connect with you, find out what you're doing, will you just share some of that information with us now so that they can connect with you? Yeah. So my website is www.minab.com and it's Mina with two A's. Find me on Instagram as well at Mina underscore B. (laughs) Um, Right now, um, you know, if you really want to get connected with my work a little deeper, as I said before, I'm an author of the book, Rivers Are Coming, which Mm -hmm. is a collection of and poems on healing from trauma and mental health issues. And you can find that book on Amazon. I love it. I need to get that book right after this. That sounds amazing. I need that. Mina, thank you, girl. This is just awesome. So real. And I just love getting to hang out with you for the last hour. Thank you. This was really fun. And it was a really great conversation to have. I'm excited. All right, my friends, I hope you enjoyed hearing from today's incredible expert. There are a lot of stigmas around mental health, and I hope that with this Heart of Dating Select series, we can begin to break those stigmas. There is truly no shame in needing to work on yourself or get help. And even more so, I think it is actually the wise thing to do to admit that you can't do it alone and you need to talk to someone. Last thing I want to say here. If you want to stay connected with us, come over and join the party on Instagram at at Heart of Dating and at Kateness. We have tons of new, helpful, and fun content up there each and every week just for you. And then lastly, if you want to get more connected with others in this Heart of Dating community, make sure to check out our private Facebook community at facebook.com forward slash Heart of Dating. In this community, we have upwards of 6,000 singles doing life together each and every week. So make sure to check it out there. All right, y'all, that's it for today's Heart of Dating Select episode. I will see you next week. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network. 